Welcome to another edition of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah Shan, filling in for our normal host, Mark Kastner. Joining us once again are Sounder at Heart's Tim Foss and MLS Soccer's Ari Lingenwald. Did I say that right, Ari? Not really, no, but uh, it's ah! close enough. Yeah. How do you say? What's the right way to say your name? Lillianwall. Lillianwall. I was close, yeah. right? Um, anyway, Pretty so close. we... Sounders back in the in the Western Conference Finals, third time in four years under Brian Schmetzer, fifth time all time. Uh, pretty great accomplishment. We found out yesterday that they'll be visiting LAFC next Tuesday. LAFC, I you know this is a good place to start. We can get into the game the Sounders played, but my I w- I was going back and forth as to whether or not I wanted to face an LA Galaxy team that was riding the high of beating LAFC has a Zlatan Ibrahimovic just one step away from MLS cup at home, which I guess is kind of the obvious choice of what your preference is or going to LAFC. And if you get to MLS cup, that means that you've knocked off LAFC and all of a sudden maybe you feel confident going against a Atlanta United or you certainly feel confident hosting a Toronto FC in the final. But um, what was your, like, now that, now that we know everything, what was your preference? Who were you hoping to, to face in this next round? I mean, I think the Sounders definitely would have wanted the Galaxy from the standpoint of, I mean, a couple guys said it after the game, but if for no other reason than just having the game at home, yeah. uh, that makes a huge difference. And, you know, I do think the Galaxy are a weaker opponent, too. In term, I mean, you could see it last night. Yeah. <laughs> They're defending. Like, look, that team has a really good attack, and they can score goals with anybody. But that defending was, you know, as good as LAFC is at attacking, uh, you shouldn't be allowing anyone to hang five goals on you and kind of making it look easy. On 12 uh, So, yeah. Um, I think Seattle's preference definitely would have been to have the Galaxy at home. Uh, But that said, you know, this makes for a pretty epic matchup in the sense that I think if the Sounders pull this off and they win this, for me, it would be the most impressive win of the Brian Schmetzer era. I would put it over the 16 cup in terms of degree of difficulty. Oh, I'm with you there. I mean, if they, if they win this game, regardless of, of circumstance like if they come out of this if they advance to mls cup in a lot of ways i think you have to consider it a more the most impressive uh victory in their history like i i think the only thing that would maybe even come close is the win at monterey in 2011 um but this is i i think this would be a absolutely huge victory for them yeah i think i have to agree with both of you um as much as I think it would have been nice to have the home game and uh, play against a, an LA Galaxy that definitely is weaker than LAFC, I guess the one bright side that I can see is that if you play the Galaxy and you win, awesome. That's kind of what you were supposed to do. If you lose, it's kind of embarrassing because you probably got Zlatan again and nobody wants that under any circumstances, but at least if you go to LAFC, if you win, it's yeah, obviously this monumental accomplishment that is arguably the best win in team history. And if you lose, 
Like, of course you lost. You were playing LAFC in their home stadium. Like the best team in MLS history, blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. You, yeah. They're playing with house money in that sense. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, and I don't think anyone, you know, being sports fans, I don't think anyone would say they wouldn't rather have a better chance of advancing. And I think the galaxy offer that better chance, but from a selfish narrative perspective, I have to admit that there's a relief in some ways of facing LAFC. Cause you're right. I think it, I think it is kind of, it feels like you're playing with house money at this point. And so going to MLS cup feels like a huge accomplishment. Whereas, I mean, I'll, this is kind of what my attitude was last year to some degree was I didn't want to go to Atlanta and face and just be kind of like the sacrificial lamb. Like it wasn't going to be fun as a fan to go to Atlanta and potentially lose a second straight MLS cup final. Like there's no, like you've been to MLS cup two years in a row at that point. Uh, They've obviously they've been to MLS cup twice. They've been to MLS cup twice. And I don't, I don't want to go on the road assuming we're completely overmatched. Like that's just not, to me, like just making the trip isn't that much fun. But going into that game, like if the Sounders beat LAFC, I think you got to feel good about their chances, whoever they face in MLS Cup. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think if you go to LAFC and you win, regardless of how that win comes out, whether it's just like a bonkers shootout or their defense just goes crazy and somehow keeps Carlos Vela from getting on the score sheet. Like that's an impressive win. Um, I think, I mean, you brought up the away win to Monterey earlier. And I think that game, as much as it was good, also just sort of felt weird and yeah. And I think absolutely if you win at LAFC, like I don't think that feels like a fluke under any circumstances. I'll put, I'll put it this way. Uh, If they beat, LAFC, LAFC is a better team than Atlanta. And so for that reason, I think, you know, with the confidence that would come from getting a win like that, they, they, would, they would feel pretty good, I think, about this theoretical Atlanta matchup. Even going on the road to that stadium, uh, I think they would go into it feeling like they beat in a, already had beaten an opponent that is superior to the one that they're about to play. And that's not to say that going on the road and getting a result in Atlanta would be easy. It would be incredibly hard. And I don't yeah. even know, I don't know if I'd pick them to do it, but I, I think, you know, a win in this game that, that would boost the belief and the mentality of, you know, we're capable of doing this. Right. Uh, so I, I think that's kind of, that's sort of how they'll be looking at it. If, yeah. if that happens. Yeah. And I think the boiled down my attitude is that, I'd rather get the big test in the conference finals if, you know, cause I, I think if the Sounders and this is all working on theoretical possibilities, but if the Sounders beat the galaxy, I don't know that that necessarily changes my outlook of going to Atlanta. Whereas if the Sounders beat LAFC, I think that changes my outlook. Now who knows what ends up happening in, in the final regardless. Uh, but, you know, I, I think Tim gives us a good segue into this one. What do you expect out of this matchup? Uh, you know, judging by how the game went last night, it, it 
if I had to guess, I would say you're probably looking at another kind of crazy shootout type of game. I mean, LAFC's attack is just an absolute buzzsaw. It looks like they're playing a different sport at a different speed half the time you're watching him play. Um, but, like, their defense last night was not super was outstanding. Yeah, they really – it's not like they were stopping the Galaxy. And the Galaxy have a really good attack too. But if you look at Seattle's attack, uh, everyone's healthy and they look like they are kind of gelling and getting it together at the right time too. So I could see Seattle giving LAFC's defense uh, trouble in a lot of the ways that the Galaxy did. But I also don't really think Seattle's defense – like anybody else matches up like super well against LAFC's attack. So I, th- I think you're probably looking at a kind of crazy back and forth, you know, four, three, you know, five, three, four, two, kind of something, something like that. Just a lot of action, a lot of goals and not very much defense, which, you know, like last night's game was entertaining. It had a lot of goals, but it was really not a well-played or good soccer game. No, it was just, a lot of them dribbling back and forth and scoring on each other with absolutely no defense. So maybe, I don't know if uh, the Seattle matchup will look the same way, but I think it might, it has a pretty good chance of looking somewhere. Yeah. I think that's the version of this game that seems to make the most sense, but MLS generally and the MLS playoffs don't really make sense. So I don't, I don't know. It's hard to really like, predict i think the sounders defense is a lot better than the galaxy's defense and they were almost not too terrible to give the game away um that doesn't make much sense as a way to phrase that but they like la galaxy are a bad team they have a really good attack and a terrible defense and nothing that really connects the two in any sort of way and as much as the sounders defense has struggled at times recently um some solid performances in the last few games excluding the dallas game but for the most part seattle is pretty good lately of both attacking and defending as an entire team which i think gives them a better chance than the galaxy really had in that game. Yeah. I mean, I would say that that's, that's a fair way of putting it. I mean, the, the Sounders offense actually is not as it's not far off from what the galaxy did this year, uh, including the playoffs. Sounders have uh, 58 goals. The galaxy have 60, 62. And, but the, the galaxy defense ended up giving up, I mean, they ended up giving up 64 goals. <laughs> That's, they gave up 10 more, 11 more goals than the Sounders did this year, which is just a, an astounding number for a, a playoff team to give up. And I, I just can't imagine the Sounders defending as bad as the Galaxy did. I, I think it's fair to wonder if they're going to be able to attack that same way. But I guess the, the big question, if you're Brian Schmetzer, do you lean into this offense thing? Do you go, do you go all out? My, you know, they kind of tried that in the first meeting at at LA, and they got absolutely smoked. Now, granted, that wasn't really their a number one first team. They were missing, uh, I, I believe, they were missing Rui Diaz from that game. 
They were missing Chad Marshall before he had retired from that game. So it wasn't necessarily their best foot forward, uh, but, but they did get run off the pitch um, for large parts of the game, at least. And so my question is, do they like, to me, there's two big changes. One, you can go three at the back. You can bring in, you know, assuming Torres is healthy, you play a, a back line of uh, our three center backs of Ariaga, Kim and Torres. And then the other big change, and I guess you would you would probably make that move. You'd swap out one of your outside midfielders, so you'd probably you know, you'd probably drop Jones. But then you could also the other big question is what do you do at left back? Where you are you going to play? Are you going to play Nuhu? Are you going to play Jones? Are you going to play Smith? Um, where do you guys fall on on what you think Brian can do is going to do? Let's start with what do you think Brian will do, and if you think it's any different than what you want him to do. I. I don't know. I've been thinking about this a lot, trying to predict what he's going to do because he has shown a propensity in the past for when it's a tough road game like this, like maybe altering the tactics and changing up the personnel a little bit. I really think in this game, you just play your normal formation with your first choice starters and you just go for it. If it becomes a track me and it's, and it's a shootout, then that that's fine. That I think, but I think that's the only way that they're going to win this game if they go in and they try to bunker and get cute with it and play super defensive and get one on a counter I think they're going to get picked apart I think they're going to lose because LAFC is so good that they know how to break down those bunkers and they will score on you if you try to do that and if you're not playing attacking soccer too and you're not going to score on them because as bad as they defended against the galaxy on the whole LAFC's defense was really good all year I think it was the best and yeah. the fewest goals allowed in the league. So you're not going to score more than one goal to me trying to bunker and counter on them. And that's why I think that you, you put Brad Smith out there and you let him do his thing on the left. You start Victor Rodriguez too, you know, assuming health and fitness. You start Victor Rodriguez because that front four, I know it's been a long time since they played together, but that has been shown to me to be the best unit in terms of uh, getting the attack going and scoring goals. And I think you just go all out and go down swinging. If you're going to go down, you may as well. There's, there's nothing to lose all the pressures on them. You may as well just throw everything at them. And if it becomes a crazy goal fest where you're looking at them having three goals, but Seattle also having a chance to put up, three goals maybe you get to extra time and it's tied three three or four four or something or something then that's a toss-up so that's how I see it I really hope that they don't try and bunker I don't think they will um but I think it would be a horrible idea I think you just have to go for it with the best first choice that you have and just see what happens yeah I don't think going in there and trying to bunker is a great idea like Ari said it's not gonna work I guarantee you that won't work yeah, I, 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 it's very. T- I, I, and before I don't want to cut you off. I'm going to let you have your whole thought here. But I'm, I, I think Ari may have actually talked me into, if nothing else, the idea that if you're gonna, if you're going into this as underdogs, like play with house money. But anyway, go ahead, Tim. Yeah. I so Ari mentioned if you go in and you try to bunker and hope that you're going to get out on the counter a couple times and you're really just going to focus on defense. One. I don't know that this team is super effectively set up to do that right now, especially if 
Torres is day to day right now with the hamstring injury. That just isn't a gamble that I would want to take. Um, Ari's point of you're probably just going to get one goal out of that is a good one. And I do not think one goal is going to be enough against LAFC. I think Schmetzer probably effectively does what he did the last two games. Maybe he starts Rodriguez if Rodriguez is good to go for 60 plus, uh, which I mean, I guess he did effectively against Dallas with the overtime. He played almost 60. So maybe I think that's what I would prefer is run out your ideal starting 11 essentially maybe don't try to play as much possession as they did. Maybe lean a little bit more into like a super proactive transition game that isn't necessarily bunkering, um, doing a little bit of the pressing that they tried against RSL, I think could be the best way forward, especially with LAFC's midfield being a little bit weaker, not having K in there. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to, I, I'm going to agree with you guys as far as this goes. I, I think this is what, what Brian's going to do. I think he is probably of the same mindset as both of you, which is if we're going to go down, we're going to go down swinging. And, and I think you can look at the last two games and you look at the possession battle and you, you can go, oh, they lost 60, 40, both possession games there. They were bunk- Now I think the big difference here though, is that they weren't really bunkering in a classic sense they were giving up possession but looking for opportunities in transition and they were more than happy to sacrifice completing a bunch of passes for creating better scoring opportunities I think that is a great way to go about this I think this team is better when they when they open up and when they uh they run at opponents and they and they are creating chances I don't think that they are doing themselves any favors when they're just kind of passing the ball back and forth and, and kind of defending through possession. I don't think that this is what this team does well. Uh, but they also don't do well when they just sit back in a low block and let teams come running at them. That's not what they did against RSL. Uh, you know, for all the possession that RSL had, it was almost exclusively um, in non-dangerous areas. The Sunders did a great job of, of not letting RSL really dictate anything in that game, despite having the ball most of the time. And if they can replicate that, awesome. That is awesome. But I do think I'll offer this as a as a caution. And I don't necessarily think that this is a a roadmap the center should follow. But but the but LAFC has lost five games this year in all competitions, which is a crazy stat. I think uh, they've only lost five games. Um, but four of those losses, or three of those losses, were one zero. Uh, they lost on the road against Vancouver. They lost on the road against Colorado. And uh, they lost at home to Portland in the Open Cup. Oh, those were all 1-0 losses. They lost another game at home, 2-0 to, to Minnesota. And I think that's probably the game that they're most identifying as, as, a, potential, um, as, a, as a potential template for how they're going to play. They also lost 3-2 at the Galaxy that game, as you may remember, was also wide open. They played four games again, or three games against the Galaxy this year, and all of them were gold fests, basically. Um, and I don't know how replicable that really is. But do you take anything from that? Do you think that there's something to this idea that LAFC has struggled a little bit when teams slow the game down? Or is that just the Sounders can't get wrapped up in that? 
I think that's such a huge departure from the way that Schmetzer has this team play generally. They're really not at like break the game up through fouling. Um, I think sometimes to their detriment a little bit. Uh, but Schmetzer just really seems to want the team to play sort of in the right way as far as that's concerned. Um, I don't think trying to change the basically whole team's philosophy for one game <laughs> really makes a ton of sense. Uh, I think trying to play, you know, somewhat disruptive and trying to create lots of transition opportunities as much as that is different makes a lot more sense. I think that takes advantage of this team's strengths. Um, Jordan Morris is not Carlos Vela, but he maybe is one of the five most terrifying players in the league to have running at your defense. And if the Sounders can have Rodriguez out there, I think he really is going to do a lot to help, you know, create through balls for Morris to run onto that creates a lot of danger from Morris himself. Also, creates lots of opportunities for Rui Diaz and Lodero and Victor himself. You have Roldan making late runs in. Um, I think that's really just the best way to take advantage of all of the team's strengths. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying as far as if you look at LAFC's losses, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a couple of one zeros, two zeros type of type of stuff. But the problem is they – you know, that's just so that's just been so much the exception rather than the rule. I don't think it would be very wise to plan around that just because that's I, I don't think that happened often enough to make it something that you can think of as like a blueprint for how to attack them or how to beat them. I th- I think you go into this game not not, you know, writing off the fact that they're probably gonna get two or three goals, but just be aware and planning for the event that it's probably just going to be that type of game where if you want to hang with it, you're going to have to just be on the front foot as much as you can and try and get two or three goals of your own or, you know, just as many as humanly possible. Cause that's what it, that's what it's going to take to beat this team. I don't really, I don't, I, you know, anything could happen, but I don't see this being one zero two zero type of game on either side. I, I think, LAFC is going to be jacked up too. I mean, they have it at home. Uh, they scored five goals in their last game. Like they're they're going to be throwing everything at it, and yeah. I don't. It should be crazy. Like I'm looking forward to seeing it for sure. Are you going, Ari? Do you know? Uh, I am pretty sure I'm going. I'm going to get a ticket today. Yeah. All right. Well, um, this is the one thing I'm going to throw out there is that I, I think. I'm with this idea of starting Rodriguez and, and kind of going for it that way. I, I am, I think I've maybe talked myself into starting new who over Smith. And I say that not because I think new who is the better player, but I do think that Smith had a particularly hard time down there. I think he might be a bad matchup for him, but I also like the idea of bringing in Smith late. If you need someone to run at tired legs. And he's, this is someone who, you know, he might be the, the fastest or the second fastest player on the Sounders. And I could see him being kind of a, you know, a potentially wild card that you throw into it, assuming you, you need a goal or two uh, late in the game. And he's someone that can kind of just break things up and, and stretch defenses. And I think Nuhu might be a, a little bit better of a, 
of a matchup out there on the on the left side. Yeah, I think I, I could I could see that. Yeah, Go I think ahead, Tim. I love New Who, so I'm always down to see him get into a game. Um, I think it's probably probably a worthwhile trade to solidify that defense a little bit. Um and probably get to see some craziness. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to do a quick break. And I do want to talk about the RSL game a bit more. Uh, and, uh, and we'll do that right now. Okay. Welcome back to the Center Art Podcast. So this is a little bit reverse order of how the things actually happen. But let's talk about this RSL game. I just want to throw this out there. I think this was the best the Sounders have looked in six months. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's even like a controversial or debatable thought. Yeah, I would agree with it. I mean, you could say that they only won 2-0, but they could have had a bunch more goals. And I think mainly uh, RSL didn't really get anything going attacking-wise at all. Like, they what did they have like one shot on target or something one shot on that, target, that, it was like a 25 yard effort that was right at that that was right at fry now that wasn't necessarily their best scoring chance they had some decent little movements that were a little better but you're right they didn't they didn't test fry at all yeah and in terms of you know an all-around performance i, I mean it's definitely the best that they've looked cohesively as a whole unit in a, in a while uh, because of the defense, I mean, the whole question around the team going into the playoffs was around the defense, and then you ship three goals at home to FC Dallas. That's that's still going to be a talking point. Um, so I think the biggest thing to take encouragement from was the clean sheet and just the the manner of the clean sheet too. It wasn't necessarily like Fry was jumping all over the place the entire game, swatting shots away, and that's why they got the clean sheet. That was the first time in a while where I felt like the defense really was proactively neutralizing the opponent and not just conceding chance after chance after chance. Yeah, there was this that was what I found most encouraging about this game as well, is that it wasn't like they looked good going forward. And I thought that they did a wonderful job of creating breakout opportunities and opportunities to get out on the counter and, and looking dangerous on it. I mean, it was a game that, you know, the, their expected goals was like 1.85 or so, which is a solid number. Uh, in a, and so they ended up scoring right around two, but they came so close to scoring three or four. There was Ladero shot off the post. There was uh, a pretty amazing save that, that, um, the RSL center back, whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce right now, cleared off his face that Leardham uh, would have blasted into the net. Uh, and then Ramondo, the, Ramondo just, had a bunch of great saves, yeah. and not the, the the best of which was probably after it was already two zero when he stopped Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, I think that game easily. I mean, that Ladero shot off the post in the fourth minute or whatever. Just they were putting pressure on. RSL's defense and making Ramondo have an incredible game where he still gave up two goals. They looked super dangerous. Um, like you said, Fry really wasn't tested. I had made plans well ahead of time and so wasn't able to watch the game while it happened and rewatched yesterday and 
knew what the score was, kind of knew what some of the storylines from the game had been, but just was kind of blown away with almost how easy they made a 2 nothing win in the playoffs look. Um, yeah. Defense and midfield just did such a good job of really limiting any sort of dangerous play from RSL, and I definitely feel encouraged coming out of that. The game I kept thinking about in comparison to this one was, if you remember the playoffs against Vancouver in 2017, where they tied the first leg 0-0, and they went into second, I believe that game got into the second half and it was still tied, of the second leg, and was still tied 0-0, and then Dempsey ended up scoring a a couple goals, and it kind of goes down in the books as this relatively easy victory. Um, But what's funny about that Vancouver series, and what reminded me of this one, is that Throughout that series, at no point was I feeling like the Sounders weren't in control. I felt confident that they were going to get the result, even though the, the goal didn't come until the 60th minute or whatever it was in, in that Vancouver game. And similar to this one, at no point did I re- was I really worried about them not winning that game because it felt like they were in control the whole way. And it wasn't like one of these situations where they were wasting all these golden opportunities and then getting getting stretched and all of a sudden RSL was, you know, creating their own chances. It was there. They were like being able to break out in numbers without seeding the, the corresponding chance going the other way. It was just a masterful piece of, of getting out on the breaks. I tried to count the number of breakout opportunities that both teams had. I think I came up with eight or nine for the Sounders and just one for RSL. I mean, when you had, and, and I mean, that's a, that's pretty impressive. RSL did not have anything in transition. They didn't have, they, at virtually no point in the game were they attacking at a backpedaling Sounders defense. I mean, that's just, you know, if you can pull that off, you're going to win a lot of games. Yeah. Something that I think is worth obviously keeping an eye on ahead of this LAFC game is the health of Ramon Torres because I think getting him back ahead of the playoffs has helped the defense a lot uh, just in terms of solidifying everything and kind of calming everything down. Um, And I, but you know, I'll say when Ari, when Torres came out of the game, it was pretty early, right? It was like the 48 minutes. minutes So when Ariaga came in, I, they didn't, there wasn't really that much of a drop off. I felt like the defense still played pretty well, but you know, Going against LAFC is just an entirely different animal than Real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake's a pretty good team. Like they have some talented attackers and they they scored their fair share of goals this year. And it's still an accomplishment to have shut them down like that. But it's just not the same ball game as what they're gonna have to deal with. And, you know, that that is probably the one the biggest thing I would be worried about is just can Ariaga Kim hold up in the middle there? against this LAFC attack. I, if Torres is healthy and good to go, like I, I would feel pretty good about, about that just because Torres, you know, his form can fluctuate sometimes, but he's kind of, he's a, he's a big game player. You know, he likes playing in these big games and he's been in pretty good form since he got back from the suspension. And so I think if he starts, that would, that would help a lot. Um, but if, the Ari, Ariaga Kim, I I haven't seen it be a a uh, 
standout pairing, let's say. They have not. Like, I mean, it's easily statistically their worst center back pairing. I mean, they're giving up something like two point, like over two goals a game when they when they start together. Right. So you mix that with going up against arguably the greatest attack in MLS history, and it's that's tough. That's tough. So are you on – so assuming full health, are you – how do you guys come down as – is it Kim and, and, and Torres, assuming full health? That's what I would do, yeah. It's tough. I love Kim Kihi, but I think this might be a game for, if everybody's healthy, Torres and Ariaga to be your starting center backs. Um, I think Ariaga just is maybe a little bit quicker and his dribbling and passing are a little bit cleaner. And I think if you're wanting and needing to be able to get out on transition, his ability to play line-breaking passes and sort of dribble out of some pressure uh, is going to be really advantageous outside of, you know, set pieces. LAFC isn't a team that's really going to, like, dunk on you with headers from open play. Uh, So I think the... Like, if you do have to play Kim and Ariaga, I don't know that that's the worst thing that's ever happened. Um, I think their mobility compared to Torres is going to be a little bit advantageous, but I definitely would rather have Torres than not. I just, I don't know if I trust Ariaga quite yet in terms of, like, being able to handle everything that's going to come with this game, you know, like, he, I, I think he's a really good player. Like, I, I really like watching him when he's on the ball, and his passing is super good. Uh, but in terms of his actual defending, he's just – he's been erratic. Like, there's no way around it. He's gotten a couple red cards. There, you know, it's it's been a lot of watching him frantically chasing down attackers and stuff. And I, I think a lot of that can be attributed to just being new to the league and new to the team and – you know, learning the system and just getting acclimated. And I think he he benefited in a way from Torres being out because he got a lot more reps and starts and a ton of minutes while he was out. So he probably is further along way he is way further along than he would be if that hadn't happened. Uh but this this is just such a hard matchup and Torres has been the one starting. I would go I would go Torres Kim. That's just what I would do. Yeah, I I have to, as much as my heart tells like I had actually campaigned. I don't know if it was a full blown campaign, but I suggested that Ariaga and Torres start against RSL. Obviously, that's not what happened. Um, I don't know what I don't know that it could have come out any better if they had followed my my lead. But my thinking was that Ariaga and Torres offer you the highest upside, and that it was better to test out that pairing against RSL. Now that they're through to the conference finals, though, I think my gut tells me Schmetzer is going to play what got him here unless unless he's forced to make a change. So my suspicion is that we're going to see Kim and Torres, and I don't know that there's I can really find any fault with that. And, and I think if I was in his shoes, I'd be tempted to do the same thing because, you know, Ariaga, you can bring in and you can change things up and and I suppose you can maybe even make the argument that Ariaga replacing Torres, if it is required to happen, is a easier change than 
Kim coming in for, for Torres. Maybe I don't actually, I don't know if that's true, but because we saw it happen against RSL, I'm inclined to believe it's true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm confident that Ariaga is going to be considered an elite center back in this league. Uh, if not next year, then, then soon after I love his game. I think that he has the potential to be a defensive player of the year type of player, not because he's necessarily the best defender, but because he can do so much. And I think if you pair him up with someone who complements his style, like if he's playing next to Chad Marshall, I think he's already considered an elite center back in, in this league. Uh, that's that said, Chad Marshall effect, though. That is the Chad Marshall. Effect. I mean, we thought, but that's the thing. It's like we kind of thought Kim Kihi last year was an elite center back. And I don't know that, like, he's a good center back. I don't know that I'm convinced he's an elite center back when you see him not paired with Chad Marshall. Yeah. Uh, that said, I think, you know, so we'll see, we'll see what, what we get from, from this, but I'm, I think I'm inclined full health to think it's going to be Torres and Kim. And, and I like that. I, like I said, I think the one change I would like to see is, is maybe new who, um, but there any other uh, big picture thoughts come to you from, from the RSL game? Uh, not really. I mean, they, I mean, they deserve credit for, taking care of business, but like doing it comprehensively, you know, I think yeah. the FC Dallas game, FC Dallas game, the feeling after it was like relief as much as anything. Like, wow, that's a game that could have easily been lost. And, you know, maybe you're a little bit fortunate to uh, get the goal at the end there and not have to deal with penalty kicks and all that. And I just think when you look at the RSL game, it was pretty one-sided, could have been more lopsided than 2-0. And that's what you're supposed to do in that situation like that when you're the favorite and you're playing at home. Uh, and now they gave themselves the opportunity. That's the biggest thing. Like, you don't know if you're able to beat LAFC if you don't get the chance to play them, right? So right. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that we just get to see it because, it like, both times the Sounders played LAFC this year, it was with highly – second choice lineups like due to injuries guys being gone and stuff like that weird cards that get littered yeah Rui Diaz didn't play in either of the games this year the one in uh in LA and the one in uh Seattle so I'm just glad that we get to see this game at full strength I remember saying it at the time before the first LAFC game like way back in April like I just hope everyone is healthy and Rui Diaz gets his uh, now legendary heel contusion all healed up so we can just see these teams play at full strength and we never got to see it. So uh, I'm, I'm glad we at least finally get to see it. Yeah. I think that maybe the one big sort of, I don't know that it's necessarily a takeaway from the RSL game, but I think that was, the best we've seen Ladero play in a little while where he really was like living the fullest version of his potential with the Sounders where he really truly is a guy who can completely take over a game. Um, And I think sort of similarly Svensson also had just an incredible game. And, you know, if the two of them are playing like that for the, you know, the rest of this season, whether that's just against LAFC or they make it past them, I feel pretty good about the team's chances. 
Yeah, I think that's a great shout as an X Factor because we haven't even talked about Ladero, but he dominated that game and you know that's that's what he is capable of doing in any individual game. Uh, so with this being a one-off, I mean, I'll say, like anyone who thinks that the Sounders have no chance and they're just going to get blown out, Nico Ladero is single-handedly capable of dominating and changing games in a way that like just very few players in MLS are. And obviously, LAFC has Carlos Vela, who's capable of that too, and the Sounders are going to have to deal with that. But LAFC is going to have to deal with Ladero too, and he, you know, I, I. I would never bet against that guy in terms of knowing how to turn it up and bring it in a game like this. Uh, and he, he showed that he's still very much a player who can do stuff like that against RSL. Um, so if, if the Sounders get a good, a good Ladero game where he's just on one like that and pinging through balls and hitting, hitting his, those crazy passes that he can hit and, you know, doing all the, all the all around work that he does on defense too. Uh, that, I mean, that would just, it stayed in the obvious, uh, but that would be huge for Seattle and they get that out of him. It, it puts this game to me much more close to being a toss up than feeling like LAFC is the heavy, heavy favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I think that there's legitimate questions about the Sounders back four. I, I think that there's some unsettled questions there. I, I think there's plenty of reason to be, skeptical that they can under any circumstances just like shut shut down lafc like hold them to zero based on the play of their back four but man you give me an attack of ladero ruiz diaz morris and rodriguez and i'll take my chances against anybody you know this is i you know i'll take i i think that you gotta give them a puncher's chance i mean that's a that's a group that we haven't seen play together a ton but in the last two games when they've been on the field together this offense looks like it's like like it's gonna it's gonna potentially score at will. So I, I mean I love to see that possibility. I hope I hope they they test it out with Rodriguez. I would love to see it. Uh, I think this game is potentially a lot of fun. And um, you know I'm just gonna close with this thought. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, heard. Uh, Brian Schmetzer taking a shot at Sounder at Heart for calling uh, for for supposedly calling his team old and tired. I think what he did there it was a little trick. I think that he is looking for motivation, which I don't begrudge at all. Um, I think I did find that I did point out that this is the oldest team in the league, at least by average age. I don't think that means they are old necessarily, but that's just a statement of fact. And they aren't playing. And I also in the same story said they are not playing like an old team. Um, we have mentioned repeatedly that they look tired, especially against FC Dallas, um, but they didn't look tired in this game. And if he's going to use that for motivation, all power to him. I'm not worried about it. I'm not stressing it. I don't think that he's trying to silence dissent or anything like that. I think this was a playful jab, uh, something that he, that we've had a lot of back and forth on, uh, which, hey, as long as Brian Schmesser is saying the name, sounder at heart. Uh, that's all that's that's all good publicity for me so um i just want to close with that thanks guys for for coming on another uh successful podcast uh and uh yeah we'll we'll probably come back and and chat after the lafc game if uh yeah i don't think we'll be doing anything before then but certainly after the lafc game either way and uh hopefully we have a few more of these in the season before before it's over
Good stuff. Thanks, Jeremiah. Yeah, thanks, Jeremiah.